A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today, I have a very special guest on my Friday Friends. This is a friend of mine, Barbara Majeski, who I haven't seen in a while, but you might've seen her. She is a mom, an entrepreneur, And she's also a contributor to Inside Edition. Um, What are the other things you're a contributor to? The Today Show, Fox and Friends, all these things. Whoever wants me. She's on media and she has just found a new kind of stage in life. So I welcome Barbara. She'll tell us more. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's good to catch up. It is good. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen you in a while, but so why don't you just take me through your last couple of years because... You know, I've saw, I've seen you in yoga, obviously, mm-hmm. and you have three kids. You're, you've been very busy with that. You've always been really, really involved in um, philanthropic things. Mm-hmm. But now you're like, so much has happened in the last few years. So why don't you take <laughs> yeah. us through what's been well, going why on? Why don't I start where we kind of left off, which was 2015, which I think was a very pivotal year. Um, I think I had a lot of things really go well. I had got, just gotten a humanitarian award because I'm very compelled to advocate for children and adults with special needs. So I had launched a you know um, a fundraising mission for Operation Smile. Um, I was really proud of that award. I had done a, a Holocaust survivor event here in Princeton, New Jersey that was standing room only. That was unbelievable. And soon right after that, actually, my marriage came to a complete crash and burn that same year. As I was kind of really kind of reassessing my life and looking at it from another perspective and being in this situation of like, oh, I didn't expect to be a single mom. I didn't expect my marriage to fail. I didn't, I was completely blindsided. I got blindsided again with a stage three colon cancer diagnosis. So I, you know, I had to put my dealing with my failed marriage on the back burner and really focus on my health and um, pulling that all together. And you remember, you stopped by. It was a really difficult time. And I have to say, the community really just 
stepped in. It really was very powerful. It's humanity at its finest um, through everything. I, now, nobody knew I was also going through, a, my marriage was failing, but people knew that I was sick for obvious reasons. Um, anyway, just to fast forward, um, I had a foot of my large intestines removed. I had six... Um, six months of chemo. And the reason why I like to bring it up is like anybody that's listening in your audience, you know, colon cancer is a, you know, is a very highly curable, treatable disease if it's caught early. So if anybody out there is over the age of 45, please talk to your doctor. Okay. Total sidebar. Yeah. We'll go back to that because I think that's like, I've read an article that you had just um, contributed to. And I thought it was fascinating how, how long it took for you to get the diagnosis. Yes. And I just I just don't think people, women are presenting as, you know, candidates for colon cancer. We know of ovarian and breast and all that, you know, lung cancer and but colon cancer just as we were raised, was we really thought it to be an old man's disease. And you were and how not, old? I was 42 and I wow. was in I, I just finished my second New York City marathon. I just didn't present, but it is really, it's really hurting our generation. So I I, I I'm grateful to be able to be on this side of it and be an advocate for it. But um, just to bring you really to what brings me to all the work I'm doing today. So in the middle, I'll make this story short, but it's so important. In the middle of my treatments, I really started to kind of downslide and I was not feeling well. The chemo was really killing me. I was struggling to eat. I had lost really the ability to, the feeling in my fingers called neuropathy and my brain just wasn't nothing was working. The brain, I couldn't retain things. And I, every, I, like, I, it felt very spacey all the time. And when I would finally get like the wind in my sails, I would be up for another round of chemo. So just got to a point in the later part of the chemo treatments where I was like, I don't think I'm getting out of this. It just, I couldn't get myself together. And I really had a, a moment where I thought, well, if this is where my story ends, how will people remember me? What, what What's my legacy? If my, my story ends here at 42, what's my story? And I kind of reflected on the things that I hope people really knew me by. Like, I was really proud of the fact that I put myself through college. You know, I remember how hard that was. And it was, mm. I was like, God, I hope they know. I want my kids to know. Please know that I put myself through, you know, I, you know, I pulled myself up out of the bootstraps and I put myself through school. And then I was like, oh, God, I... I hope they know that I I launched a business in my 20s because I knew I had to take care of my brother with special needs and that I launched that business because I knew I couldn't just get paid, you know, an hourly wage or any sort of salary. I really had to be compensated based on my own muscle. So I took a commission-based job and then ultimately launched my first sales company. And um, I took over as my brother's legal guardian when I was 30. And I just, I was like, God, please, I hope they know that. I hope they know that the grind and the hustle and, you know, looking out for others was so important. And, you know, I, I thought, oh, I hope they know that I got that. I hope they understand that humanitarian award was really just a byproduct of giving a voice to those who couldn't speak for themselves. And it kind of just looked really reflected of the things that I'm like, I hope when they think of me, they know this is what I was most proud of and that I hope that they like talk about through the generations. And as I reflected on all of those little things, everything I just really said and many, many more I thought, you know, what drove me to graduate college was I have a brother with special needs and I always knew I was going to take care of him. So I, at times I wanted to quit because all I did was go to school and work and go, you know, wait tables. I taught aerobics. I mean, I just worked seven days a week and I, it wasn't a great, I don't have a great college memory other than slinging, you know, buffalo wings and pitchers of beer. So, but I remember wanting to quit and thinking if I quit, I can't take care of Stephen. 
and kind of just pushing myself through. And then I remember being like launching a business and thinking, why am I doing this? This is so crazy. I work all the time. I'm on commission. I don't know if this is going to work. I mean, who do I think I am? And I'd always think, you know what, if I don't earn my own bones, I can't take care of Steven. And the fear of him being institutionalized was always very present in my, you know, the forefront of my mind. And, you know, then again, the humanitarian word, it just all these things. And I thought in this moment, I said, wow, thank God I took care of Steven. But in that same moment, I had this really aha experience. And I was like, oh my God, this whole time, I thought I was taking care of Steven when it was always Steven taking care of me. And when you have that kind of, oh my God, like, who, oh wow, I would have never, I would have never persevered to achieve these milestones in my life that I was so proud of if I wasn't aligned with a greater purpose. And I realized I was given the greatest gift and that was the gift of purpose. And I said to myself and to the universe, I'm like, get me out of chemo, get me out of this cancer, get me out of this mess of cancer and I will continue to use my gifts for humanity. I will continue to move forward. I will do what I am supposed to do in this lifetime if you just give me another shot at it. So that's kind of where you're meeting me today. I got to the other side of cancer. I um, took me a while. I will say like, you don't just end treatment and all of a sudden you're like, I'll you know sign up for my next marathon. I took a long time to kind of get back on my feet, getting back on the mat getting back on my yoga mat that summer. I mean, like tears, like it just was a really powerful, I couldn't do yoga doing chemo. I know some people could. I remember seeing Linda, remember Linda doing yoga? I, um, we have a friend that went through another type of cancer and um, we would see her in our yoga studio. We were so inspired by her. And I was like, well, Linda did it. But the truth is every chemo and cancer is so different. I couldn't get on my, I couldn't get upside down. I couldn't be a downward dog. I would have, my equilibrium was too off. But I got back on my mat. I got my wind back in my sails. And then I said, you know, I made a vow to the universe. Now I got to get out. I got to get out. I can't just be here in Princeton and do, I got to go big. And I hired a media trainer. And I was like, I just, you know, I want to go on. I want to do it all. I don't know what it is. And Laura, I am just in a space of like going for it and putting myself out there and trying to build, how do I help others? How do I use my voice for the greater good? How, what, what can I do? What am I good at? What do I want? Like, and exploring all these things. Now, some things really resonate with me and I try it and other things I'm like, oh, that's really, oh, that, that's not a match, but I'm really in a space of, I told the universe I would do good things. Now let me get out there and figure it out. So I'm really just aspiring to build a name for myself, get out there, try new things. And the reason I'm doing this also publicly is I want to take people along for the ride. You know, it's just, come on, like, let's do this. Let's have a second act. Let's live big. Let's live bold. Don't wait for your mortality to become come into question. Don't wait for that. Don't yeah. wait for a diagnosis to slap you in the back of the head and be like, life is precious and magical and beautiful. And you are supposed to be doing amazing things. So that's where you're meeting me today. Uh, wow. I, w- I wish I'm, I'm just thinking, I wish I could bottle Barbara Majeski <laughs> and, and send it out to everybody because so many things just really resonated. One is your absolute determination and drive and work ethic that you've had all along. And I think so many people could learn from you that, yeah, you don't have to have a brother who has special needs that you need <laughs> to take care of. Right, right. Right. It could be like, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have their self-respect to get out and do that. 
But um, that is a ingredient that is really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. That just, I'm going to work seven days a week if it takes it. I'm going to, you know, just balls to the wall, do it yeah. and not complain. And, you know, and I think that uh, you've, you've already forged that path and now you can do it in, in the way that you really want to, like doing, you've done the hard work, right. <laughs> schlepping around with the burgers or whatever. <laughs> now you can do it, you know, in the media and, and discover what, what is your passion. But the other thing that you said that's so important, I've talked about before, is purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, if they don't know what their purpose is, um, flounder. And that's pretty common, but it is easier to find your purpose than than we think. And I think mm-hmm. it's really about listening, listening to that inner self. Like, yes. what is driving you? What is the meaning? Like, what's the meaning of life? Life is short. It mm-hmm. really is. What are we going to do with that time? And being of service, which you do just have demonstrated so remarkable. I mean, from, from the beginning, since I've known you. If I think more people dedicated themselves to service, that purpose would become oh. clearer, you know, because they get out of the me, 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 uh-huh. look what, you know, look what's bothering me today thing, yes. and be able to really get into the heart and understand. I, first of all, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, just aligning yourself with your greater calling. And there's so many ways that people can find that. And I believe the reason I'm so compelled to share my story, and it actually, there's more to my my brother and our kinship, because I'm one of four. So he's one of my three brothers. Um, and my alignment and my commitment to him runs so much deeper. But there, and there's a greater story in there. But I share that story whenever I get an opportunity so that other people can look at the stories in their lives and understand some of the most challenging things you have been through were not there to break you as much as they were there to build you and help you align with humanity. I think, you know, you go, we go through really difficult times and I know you lost your father and I'm, I know how hard that is. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. I'm so so sorry. So close with my dad. And, you know, I, I know that at some point, somebody's going to be able to look at you and you're going to be able to be such a light and a guide. The only emancipation from suffering is to help others. That's it. Done. That's it. And that kind of um, understanding, if you can look at some of the things you've overcome in your life and not bottle it up as shame or embarrassment or I'm, you know, having too much pride, but maybe that was used so you can help somebody else. And I think that is where people's purpose lies. And I always say that whenever I do, you know, speaking engagements, I'm like, the reason I'm sharing my story with you is because you have a story. Mm-hmm. You may not have a brother, Stephen, but I know Life has not been, you know, all unicorns and rainbows. And, but you were gifted an experience. I mean, some of, I mean, I'm not saying gifted might not be the right word, but if you can use your experience to help others, then you can find purpose. Um, so I do. I think that we all have a greater calling. I think we all um, need to look for that sometimes. And, you know, the, it's so cliche. Like, can I tell you the most cliche line that I think is so true? And there's, I can't seem to find a better one mm-hmm. is the more you give, the more you get. Yes. It's like, it's so cliche and simple and you almost don't want to use it. But listen, if anyone is listening and you are struggling, go, go help somebody. Yeah. You will get tenfold. I never did my work for Operation Smile to get anything. I didn't like go, I was like, I hope I get an award. I'm like, yeah. I never. And then I was recognized and I felt like, oh, you know, 
I hope other people see this and they aspire for this. It was very nice. It was lovely recognition and I really appreciated, but it was so uh, unexpected. I was like, that is so nice that you're gifting me with this recognition. But you had that, like you had the work ethic where you had to make the money and then you channel that into the work ethic of helping others. Because that takes a lot of of hours and time. working to help others, Mm -hmm. it's another, it's another... Um, it's another gear. It's another gear. If you're looking just so you can buy yourself the next fancy item, it's your motive. It's going to be a little bit harder. I think when the motivation is outside yourself, and I was such what a gift. Think about the gift I was given. Have a brother Stephen who could never provide for himself. Never. He has to rely on all of humanity around him, and a, you know his big mouth sister happens to cover like all he needs. You know, um, but. It just drove me. I was like, if I don't take care of them, and who will? And he'll be institutionalized, not on my watch. Oh, no, not on my watch. So when I wanted to give up or I wanted to just not work the extra mile and be at happy hour or whatever, I'm like, I can't. I have somebody that's counting on me to figure this out. And Laura, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I don't come with this like huge education or like some sort of like ACSATs. I, you know, I gave my best. I am only gifted in purpose. I am. I'm gifted. In I, that lo- I love that you said that because Madonna, who I just did a podcast about because I love her, she says, I'm not, the, you know, I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best dancer, but I will work harder than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that you don't have to, like that, it doesn't matter what, you know, like what is on paper. It's what you actually produce in your sweat, blood, and tears. Oh, yes. It's going to be recognized and and be remembered in mm-hmm. years to come you know nobody's gonna remember like that person went there i mean really that that lasts a second it's so true yeah. and you had touched on something else and i actually heard it on a podcast that i was listening of yours and you know what i can share with people is um i think people think they have to come out of the gate and be great like you were talking about with another one of um i think friends friday and she was saying like, you know, that people get like perfection, get in the way, like your brand has to be perfected and your voice has to be perfected and your teach, you need to be a great teacher. And that's delusional. Nobody comes out great. Nobody. And don't let great get in the way of good because good can lead to great, but you're not going to get, you don't, nobody is going, nobody. everybody has everybody, to learn. Like that whole, like there is no overnight success. And we know that it's years and we years and years that. of working and getting better mm-hmm. and making mistakes and learning from those right. mistakes. And all of that. And we're so busy comparing ourselves. I mean, comparison is the thief of joy. Everybody needs to kind of personify that. What you're seeing is years and years of branding perfection or teaching perfection or whatever it is. It's really just progress over perfection. Keep moving forward. Keep looking. You know, I, I think things will fall into place and we just have all these delusional expectations of perfection. And mm-hmm. it's, I would rather see somebody be good and put it out there. I, I don't know about you, but I'm inspired to see people try new things. I, I totally am. And I think that um, this is bringing me back to like 10 years ago talking mm-hmm. to you, but also ask for help. Yes. And be willing to take help because I can't tell you the number of people that have on their own goodwill, come up and and said, I want to help you. And I remember you were like, we need to have coffee. And I went over to your house. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh-huh, yeah. And you sat me down and I remember this so well. You're like, I just feel compelled mm-hmm. to hear your story because I'm just fascinated. <laughs> you get these like moms going into handstands. Yes. And like, I'm just fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, if I've gotten her fascinated, uh-huh. this is something, right? I, I do think what you do is 
unbelievable. I, you know, I know you, your audience reaches <laughs> countries all over the place. Right. You, if they can ever get to Princeton, New Jersey and see what you have like, manifested here, these moms, it's a nice d- little laugh. dads, yeah. All, yeah. students, I don't mm-hmm. even know why I just go in the mom zone because that's what well, that's I identify. What, that was my, that was my first, that was like, your core that group. That was my core group. And that's certainly who the I yeah. like that, that those are my contemporaries. Mm-hmm. I'm a 46 year old mother. You know, yeah. um, these are my people. I'm like, well, if she can get on her hands, then I can get on my hands. I can do a handstand. And it yeah. really is like. It's so inspiring. And because I've been here now for a decade, I've seen people that struggled to get on their hands. And now they are just little Cirque du Soleil people in your class. It's, I think it's, you're inspiring. And now I can be like, I'm just inspired by everybody in that group. Well, thank you. And I think what we both have done well is we're not letting fear get in the way of progress or of possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think more than anything handstands represent is it's like moving past what what you you think you were able to do. Yes. Moving through fear, like not letting it mm-hmm. be dictating you. And so I want to, speaking of fear, what was it like at your darkest, most fearful moment as in your cancer treatment? I mean, you have three kids. The youngest was four or five. Yeah, she was yeah. four. I mean, diagnosis, yeah. what does that, do you hold on? Is that something you want to let go of that rem- memory? Or do you remember it as a kind of point of like, look where I am now? I, it's so, ins- it, having confronted my own mortality is a, a true, is also a gift in that I understand the impermanence of life, that mm-hmm. the only thing we control between the day that we're born and the day that we die is that dash in between. And having that tactile understanding that everything is impermanent. And um, I really do try to live out loud and go for it. And, um, you know, nothing, yes, I have fear, I, like leaving my kids, like, uh, you know, the, passing away, but I can't control that. I can control only how I live. Like Snoopy, there's that little Snoopy cartoon. That's so cute. It's like, um, you know, you have it wrong. You only die once, but you live every day. I, I have that in my yes. phone. Yes. It's I so love good, it. right? Yes. As opposed to, um, what's the uh, the yes. reverse of it of like... Right. Like you you die once and it's like, or something. Oh, you, that people say you, you only, only live, live once. once. And yes. that's not true. Yes. You live every day. Right. You die once. So it's like, how am I living? I give my best. Now that doesn't mean my life is perfect. I am in the middle of a heated divorce. I can be hot mess express, right. but I always have to, you know, I, tr- I do my best and my best is not perfect. And, um, but my best comes from a good place of intention. Like I want to be a great mom. I want to, you know, I, I want to give back. I want to be happy. I want to try new things. I want to be adventurous. I want to be, you know, I want to be happy. Yeah. I want to, you know, I want to be happy and I'm in search of that. And that's what I'm really, I, you know, I'm building this brand and it's really about finding happiness and living a good life with purpose. And that's my tagline, living life with purpose, style and adventure. And Oh, I um, love it. Yeah. So this second act. Yes. Like if you were, I mean, obviously you can't kind of clear your brain of your experience. And, but if you were to have thought you would be here today, 10 years ago, um, like where did you, where did you imagine you would have been? And, and are you in a way like happier now than, than what you would have pictured, even though you've been through some real, <laughs> real hell and back kind of thing? It's definitely, 
have done, <laughs> definitely got my little rear end kicked a few few sideways here and there. Um, you know, I this is going to be crazy, but here we are, and I'm really into being authentic and truthful. And about ten years ago, I remember the book or the movie or something came out called The Secret. Do you remember when that was really mm-hmm, big? And mm-hmm. it was just, I only remember a few things about it. It was just about like, put your intentions out there and write things down. It was like very, um, uh, new law of agey, attraction, yeah. law of attraction mm-hmm. new agey, kind of like off the beaten path. And I was like, okay, well, listen, I want to be on the Today Show. Like, you want me to be like crazy and out there? Here I am, a stay at home mom driving a minivan, you know, doing my thing with my kids, mommy and me. I got like spit up all over. And I'm like, fine, you want me to put it on the universe? I want to be on the Today Show. So when you ask that, I'm kind of like, I think I'm right where I put it out, put that intention to be. And when I did get out of cancer, I think had cancer not kind of slapped me in the back of the head and said, get to it. I don't know that I would be here. I would like to think I would be, but I think it did give give me that impetus of like, all right, enough, Barbara. Life is short. If you want to get and you want to go onto media and you want to do television, then you need to hire yourself a media trainer, start doing the due diligence. And that's... So am I surprised? I'm grateful. I will say that. Like, I love being on these. I love being on TV. I love talking with people. I love sharing my opinion. I love I love also inspiring others. I think courage is contagious. And what people are seeing on my social media is they're like, people say this to me all the time, like, you fell out of the sky. I'm right, like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really fell out of the sky. I kind of did because my first appearance was on the Today Show. Um, <laughs> Amazing. We were going to hear about that. Well, you're lit up in a way like, I don't know you would have been if you hadn't gone through some of the stuff. Like, yes, you know, just knowing mm-hmm. you and t- I just see just a, like, yeah, because because you're on that path, you're, you're doing it and courage gives you joy and it gives you like, because then anything is possible. Yes. You know, it's like, like, I love the phrase of like, do something that makes you uncomfortable. Yes. Because you are going to grow. Like mm-hmm. we don't grow from doing the same stuff over and over again. Boring. It's like, do something that is going to make you uncomfortable, that's challenging, and you might fail. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like, failures are also huge lessons. lessons. Yeah. That's where we learn. We have to get back up. And it's where the magic happens, is outside your comfort zone. I always say that. Well, the magic happens. It takes a lot of courage. It takes, listen, we can all stay in our comfort zone, but there's more for us to do. And Mm -hmm. listen, you're going to fail, but you're going to fail trying. And that's what it's all about. I'm like, I, you know, I went on Fox and Friends this morning. I'm like, I'm going to try something new and they're going to talk to me about this. I am, I would rather fail Mm -hmm. than fail to try. Yeah. I would just kind of go for it. And I don't know what, I don't know where do I see, you know, where do I see myself going? I don't know. World domination. I love it. That's what I say. No, I know that's what you say. (laughs) Why not? Yes. It's good to dream big and it's really good. Yeah. And it's, it's infectious. You, what you, what you do is you show others that, um, you went from literally being at home to being on the Tay Day show. And if like, not you thought it, but you Mm -hmm. also, you had a lot of years of practice of, of just working your ass off. So I think that it's both things. It's almost like it's you envisioned it, too. but then you, you, you have to put, you have to put in the work. There's no question. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there and write, you know, I want to be on the yeah. day show. I want to, it's a yeah. matter of like, okay, how do I meet people? How do I, and then, and asking for help, just what you said, how did you get on the today show or sending emails or just trying to put yourself in the right place and make those connections. My connection, you're not going to believe this. And I hope this really resonates with anybody that's hearing us today. I was on Instagram. I scrolled 
by a woman. Her name's Amy Rosenblum. And I kept seeing that she was on the, you know, she had people on the Today Show. I was like, I don't know what she does. And finally, I picked up the phone. I'm like, I have to call this woman Amy Rosenblum. And it's so awkward because this is not, this is new to us, our generation, That's right? a cold call. It's yeah. a cold call. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hi, uh, I found you on Instagram. Like, right. I felt so goofy. I was like, do right. people do this? Is this how you network? I don't know. I mean, but that you have to pick up the phone. You have to make the call. You have to send the emails. I'm not saying that they're going to say yes, but maybe they'll lead you in another direction. But you have to have the courage to at least make those contacts and then don't give up when they don't work out. I think having that courage to take the initiative, I'm like, what's the worst that happens? She tells me to go, you know, take a long walk off a short pier because you are you're just uh, nothing. Not, you know, not I'm like, I'm looking for you. <laughs> yeah, you're just a mom and driving your minivan. No, I get like, I'll get emails from from um, women so far, only mm-hmm. women who ha- want to work with me. They want to move to this state and they were, and they like write all the list and say that love what I'm doing. They want to do something like it. And I think, wow, that's courageous. Yes. Like I want to, I want to hire everybody, by the way. I'm like the, <laughs> I'm like the worst person because I'm like, yeah, let me hire you. I'll find you some job. But it, I, I so admire that because mm-hmm. they're not sitting back and, and I'm trying to like teach this to my kids. Like if you want something, it is not going to be handed to you. Mm-mm. And that could be a friend. That right. could be like, if you're walking in a social, it could be, it could take every ounce that you have in you and you have to overcome everything, every story in your head, mm-hmm. but you have to make the first stab at, at, at getting in a relationship at, at like being known. Yeah. Otherwise you're just, you're just bystanders and there's a lot of bystanders. So what do you want to be? There's a lot of bystanders. There's a lot of negative talk. There's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions, but that's not, you know, that's not really what's going to get you to where you need to be. You do, you do, you have to develop a, a bit of a thick skin. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're, you have to know what you're doing, know what you go for it. Yeah. Just do not wait for your mortality to come into question. No, I think that's a great <laughs> message. So speaking of like bumps in the road, let's talk a little bit about your marriage because yes. I know mm-hmm. many marriages do not work out. Yes. And sometimes people are in marriages longer than they needed to be because of children. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of women would learn from you. If you could just convey something from your own experience in I'm sure what is a very challenging and continues to be a challenging mm-hmm. choice to to end a marriage. What what would you say? You know, I think it every first of all you have to exhaust if your marriage is really at a dead, uh, you know, a at the end zone. I mean, you really have to exhaust that. And fortunately, I was able to, we went into marriage counseling. We went into, you know, I went into individual therapy. I did the work, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is not, um, but at the end of the day, um, you have to be happy. And I chose happiness. I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be in happy marriages. I want them to be loved. I want them to be appreciated. I want them to have a a real special grow old. And I wasn't modeling that. Um, I didn't have that connection um, with my husband because he's not my ex yet. He's not my husband. So he's my was. Oh, I like that. And I call him the was. The was. (laughs) Me and the was. He doesn't find me as funny as I find myself. (laughs) 
I, I always say, I'm like, I think you lost your sense of humor in the divorce. <laughs> the was is coming over. <laughs> the was, here it comes. Um, and hopefully he'll get his sense of humor and this yeah. is all back yeah. and over. But anyway, I, um, you know, I think it's really important to, to really look for ways to salvage a marriage, especially when you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, things can get to real sticking points. Um, for me right now, I'm still in the trenches of a divorce, so it's complicated and it's heartbreaking. I don't think I've ever gone through anything worse in my life. And as you know, I've been through cancer yeah. and I've been through a whole bunch in my childhood as well, you know, different circumstances, but it is, it is, it's difficult, but I really believe in living authentically. I believe in happiness. I believe in love. Mm-hmm. So with all of those beacons of light, I know I'm making the right decision. I'm just in a like a difficult time. Um, but I really do. I want a beautiful, wonderful, amazing relationship with somebody someday. And I want to model that to my children. I want them to see what love and affection and kindness and respect um, really embodies. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think... Again, life is short, but it's magical and it's meant to be wonderful and it's not to be, you know, not to be taken for granted. No. And I think a lot of it, like in any relationship, marriage or not, the first thing that has to come is your own Mm self-love. And that sounds really cheesy, but at the end of the day, you need to be okay being alone. You, me, everybody. Like if all things were taken away while there's, it's challenging and heartbreaking, but we have to be okay within ourselves. And I think a lot of women and men probably stay in a marriage because their identity's wrapped up in it, but there's not enough of their self-love. If it's A not, lot of yeah. security can be... Um, could be in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's so important to really do the work when you're in a relationship too, like, and really figure it out. And hopefully you're with somebody who's willing to do the work with you of, we are struggling. What is, what can we work? Because I think relationships deserve that and there are sticking points, but there's so many resources for help. And I guess, you know, the one thing that I can share is that when I now my marriage crashed and burned in a way that, um, was really heartbreaking and it really, uh, it, it, decimated my self-esteem. I I just wasn't, I didn't see it coming. And I did the work to see if we could salvage it. And when I, for, for years, for mm-hmm. two years after, you know, I had cancer too, so I had a yeah. little bit of work to do everywhere all over, you know, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a great Don't year. Don't go anywhere yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does anybody want to drive over my dog? Cause <laughs> this is really a bad year. Anything <laughs> help me. Uh, but, the third strike? <laughs> I'm like, what is going to slap me in the back of the head now? Oh my um, but I, I get to come to a point when I decided, you know what, this is not a healthy relationship. This is nothing I want my kids to, to model. Um, I came to a place of real under like groundedness of like I'm not being emotional or reckless or thoughtless or selfish or anything I'm just at a place of I've exhausted all options mm-hmm. and he and we are we're just not a match um and I'm just in a place continually and I really do we should expl- continue to explore the this conversation, if this is what people would want to hear, because mm-hmm. I'm still in the in the space, but I really have this vision of getting along with him and having a really great life with him. And I've said to him on more than one occasion, "You and I are growing old together, so let's get great at being exes now." Oh my god, I just got the chills. Of, yeah, yeah, because it's I again, it's that understanding of my the dash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it. I I want to control this. I want to be happy. And this anger and this, you know, but that you know that quote. Um, 
anger and hate is like drinking the medicine and expecting the other yes. person to die. Oh my gosh, I'm so like, true. I'm sitting here sucking down the Robitussin. Oh my God, it is not working. He is not, he's not, <laughs> he, he's still alive. Yeah. Not, look at him. Yeah, look at him. You know, I don't know. Out um, there running miles. Yeah, no. I mean, no, it's I don't true. Know, I don't know if Robitussin was the right analogy, but well, you know whatever what I'm it saying. is. But yeah, it's, ang- it's like whenever it's you're so angry, you're only hurting yourself ultimately. And it's not helping me get to where I want to be. I really do aspire for this great, big, loving family. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving's together. We're gonna, I always say to them, I'm like, you're stuck with me at bar mitzvahs and weddings and right. funerals. I'm like, I'm there. So listen, yeah. let's get great now. And he laughs, you know, because that is my personality of like, no, no, yeah. no, you, yeah. can, you can't get rid of me. Here yes. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm still here. Because some of his family is like, I think they think I'm dead. They're like, right. I, I get the feeling that yeah. you're dead to me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm right here. Hey. I'm actually still here. I'm still yeah. here. I know. It's really We're connected. Annoying. And yeah. I'm on your television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look so at my much. second act. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Like you turn on the TV and there's my my mug. I can't even. I can't. I'm not. I can't escape it. Yeah. Turn, turns out I'm not dead. And yeah. I don't think that's a great way to live. Of like, no, you know, everyone is bad, is fighting their own battles. Live with compassion. And I hope I continue because it's hard some days because some days I really don't like him and he doesn't like me. But getting myself back into that gear. You're just a positive person, though. You always have been. And I think you know, not everybody is positive and, and that's okay. If it's not your nature, it's going to be harder, but you need to work on it because mm-hmm. ultimately all that negativity, all that, you know, vitriol is only going to hurt you. Yes. It's really true. All right. So going on with this second act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New phase of life. Yeah. Tell us about, okay. So your first act was getting on the Today Show. <laughs> you called this Amy Rosenblum. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like what happened? So I called her. I'm like, hey, like, so I went on Instagram. It was really the most awkward call I've made in my 40s. Yeah, like, really. I don't know. So I'm a cancer survivor. <laughs> I'm a mom. And I don't actually like know why I'm yeah. calling, but there you are. Like I can offer you something. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on the phone and um, she's like, she's like, well, what's your name? And I'm like, Barbara Majeski. And she Googles me. And because of the humanitarian work I'd done with Operation Smile and the fundraising, there was a few clippings about me and some, she's like, and then I had done some public speaking only because I was always trying to do fundraising. And, you know, I had done yeah. some, you know, MC work to help uh, with different charities. So I had a, a decent social profile and she's like, oh, you can, you can talk. I'm like, oh, I, can I talk? Yeah, Hello. Yeah. Um, my gift. <laughs> yes, I can talk a lot. Give me my own show. Um, so she, I go, she goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I was like, I, I'd love to come in and meet you and see what, what we can do. So it just was so serendipitous. And I was really fortunate. Um, I have a funny side story to that in that my special needs brother, Stephen, his, one of his favorite people in the universe was Joan Rivers. Worshipped Joan Rivers, Joan Rivers, everything. Um, Joan Rivers and Amy Rosenblum are best friends. Wow. I think I'm always like, Joan sent me to you. Seriously. Um, you know, Amy's the type of person that if she's, if she backs you, watch out because she can open doors. She's incredibly, she's just been in the industry, the television industry for, for years. She's gifted. She's sharp. Um, she knows what, uh, she just knows talent and people. And she put her, she put, she put her weight behind me and I like, I'm forever indebted. She's like, I'm good. I think you, you're going to be great at it. When Amy Rosenblum says you're going to be great at it. She doesn't, she really doesn't misstep. I mean, she's backed a lot of people that you've seen on TV, including um, Hoda Kotby. She really is wow. a, a big reason why Hoda and Kathy, she, she put Hoda and Kathy Lee together. 
Um, so she's mm. just got great stories. She's, you know, Jill Martin, Steals and Deals. Uh, she's just, she was on the Maury Povich show. I mean, she's just got everything. Yeah, she's got history. So wait, back it up for a second. What What is her, like, what has she told you about uh-huh. that call? Like what she was thinking? Uh, she was like, she was like, oh my God, you like fell out of the sky. I'm right. like, I did. I yeah, fell out of the yeah. sky. But she was looking for somebody in the, you know, lifestyle entertainment. Mm-hmm. They knew there was kind of some gaps in television of maybe this, we got to find the right person. So she had me do, she trained me. Then we did a couple of mock um, setups and she's like, all right, let's see if you can do this. And she just threw me out there. And I was kind of ready. I was ready in one way and then not ready at all, but I'm, I really wanted it. I was like, I just want to do great and I want to continue to get better. So anyway, that's kind of was my, my jump start was like a, just a, a woman backing another woman, another woman saying, oh, I got five. your back. I love that. And, you know, always about elevating other women. I think it's so important so and important. it's not always what is what is modeled in our in, you know kind of our society right and that comes from fear mm-hmm. you know oh, totally i don't i for some reason i think i attribute that to my mom she just really just sees the beauty in everyone wants to see everyone do well and you just saw that like miss world did you see that like the woman another the jamaican woman one but the other woman who was maybe a runner-up like couldn't have been more excited for her mm. and it's just really that's like humanity that like, is, that's that where the beautiful. win is like yeah. happiness is shared Absolutely. like fine you don't yeah. get the part but your friend gets the part or whatever and i um, I do, I do think like attracts like, and I do tend to attract, I think I attract people that really mm-hmm. are supportive and connected and like, oh my, how can we help each other? So, um, I'm just, growing I've up with of, three brothers, I think, yes, I, yeah, I always too. attribute that. Like I don't get into the, some of the girl drama that I never did N- because same, I think same. having three brothers, it was just like, that was my, the landscape I grew up in. And the, you know, that ecosystem yeah. was just like, what, what are you talking about? Like my hair's not, yeah, blah, that's blah, like, blah. It's, too, it's acid and alkaline. Like, no, 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 we're going to go ahead. We're going to, I remember I, when I went in ninth grade, um, I came and there was this group of girls and one girl would always be like telling everybody who, um, all of them were not going to like that week. <laughs> and, um, so the week they picked me, it was because I was wearing a skirt people could see through. Like it was a long skirt, but yeah. it had like the light would hit it. And I remember I literally, it didn't even like bother me. I was like, what? <laughs> That's what they're talking about? I just remember my brothers and I were like, <laughs> it's just like so crazy, but that's, but it starts that young. It does. You it's, know, and it it's does. like, we actually, to be up on like the feeders on top, you got to mm-hmm. take down people. And it's the opposite. It's like when you elevate everybody, mm-hmm. that whole like, you know, rising tide is is really- Oh yeah, all ships all rise. Ships rise. I love that. I, I hope this generation is starting to catch on to that. I see, I see a lot of momentum. Listen, mm-hmm. there are some habits that are going to be hard to hard to kill off. But I think people, I I know I've seen just so much more come my way and just supporting other people. And I think there's a win in, for everybody. So I don't, Absolutely. I don't have, I've, you know, yeah. you have three brothers, I have three brothers. I'm like, no, yeah. I got that. That just never. Yeah, no, no drama, never, llamas. no drama at all. <laughs> So what do you imagine? So what's your game plan for the next like five years? You know, I'm I'm starting my own podcast as well. So this is exciting Yay! to be here. It's called Bearing It All. I'm doing my first podcast on <laughs> Thursday. It. Yeah. And it's this take oh on um, all the things that we bear as women, as millennials, as men, as men in the Me Too movement. I'm going to have all of these real bare, authentic conversations. Mm, I love that. And the reason I chose Bearing It All is it's like, just, I want to talk. I want to peel back that social media highlight reel, get real mm-hmm. about... 
what what drives us, what inspires us, how we overcome things, but how, you know, we can, I always say like, we have to get out of our own way. And I think by hearing other stories and highlighting them. So it's just bearing it all, being raw, being authentic, talking about the things that we really are bearing Mm -hmm. past the social media highlight reel. And then who we are as bears, like mother bears, sister bears, brother bears. Um, So I'm really excited about the title because I think it embodies so much. And I love the idea of just being authentic. Like, I just want to talk about everything. Yeah. Like, I'll talk about that divorce. Yeah. Some say, yeah. Let's talk it all through. Talk it all through. Because um, I always, this is what I really believe in. The only way out is through, and it's through talking. Mm-hmm. So that's, so I'm doing, I'm starting um, a podcast. Um, I'm really looking to continue to get booked on, I'm hoping to do the Super Bowl segment again this year on one of the national programs, if not all three of them, but we'll see. And just continue to build my brand, really build a community aligned with, purpose aligned with giving back, living a great life. You know, my little moniker is curator of the good life, but it's not that I know what the cure, what, what that means. I'm seeking to share and explore what it really means to live a good life. And That's to use an my active, voice. Yeah. Active it's curation. Active yeah. Curation. It's a curiosity. It's an exploration. Mm. It's not that I'm the end all be all. I'm just looking at, Hey, look at this. This is what this person does. They do Lara's yoga in Princeton, New Jersey, and they're all up on their hands and everyone's all Zen fabulous. And I want to, you know, that's what I want to bring to a larger audience. Because I think, like I said before, courage is contagious and it can help to serve, to help other people get out of your own way. People are in their own way. That's why I always say, and that's what I say. I'm like, no, you're the only one stopping you from the greatness that resides within you. You are in your own way. Step aside. Fear is not going anywhere. It's going to stay right there. Like you said, how do you work through it? And sometimes you need to steal courage from other people. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, I think that's what my message is really ultimately going to be about. Borrow courage. Oh, I courage love that. is contagious. It is contagious. Steal it, take it, do it. You're meant to live out a great life. We all are. We weren't, we were put here to live a great life. Yeah. I love that. Well, let's end on that note. And I'd love okay. to have you back because I'm sure everybody's going to love Barbara Majeski. <laughs> um, and w- tell everybody where they can find you on social Thank media. You. Uh, f- Barbara Majeski. Barbara Majeski on Instagram, barbaramajeski.com. And you'll awesome. find my podcast bearing it all somewhere in the mix of all of it. I don't know. It starts this week and is launching next month. So stay tuned. That's great. Well, this it, this is going to be coming out um, after it launches. So people go look for it. Oh, good. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for all listening. As always, I'm pulling for you. Hugs for me to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.